kid talk about that. What is going on, everybody? Hope you guys are having an awesome, kind of an off-season. Feels like it is, at least. Welcome back to the Pure Tennis Podcast. Nate Walworth joined by Chase Pearson, Joe Patton. Boys, how are we doing today? We're doing well. It's, it's finally hitting fall, and we're getting <laughs> to the, the end of the season, and we can start to wrap up this season and move on to the exciting 2024. It does feel like... I'm just ready for the Australian Open to start. Like I'm ready to like, get moving. It just there's just a big lull in the season at this point, and it makes sense. Tennis players need an off season, and even though there's a lot of tournaments going on, there's not a whole lot of excitement. It feels like around either tour right now. I think it's kind of a build up to the fine the ATP Finals and WTA Finals, and then after that, then it's just it's straight back into. But do those Australia. events do those events feel important to you? Like Rafa never won the ATP Tour Finals, and I don't pin that on him as like a disappointment of his career at all like whatsoever i don't look at that as like a knock on his career at all it's worth a thousand points still right correct yeah i mean i i think it's definitely something (laughs) and you're playing the top eight guys in that year i think it's something definitely that should be noteworthy i just think at that point people have had what 11 months of tennis that it's hard for them to have the brain capacity they continue to want to watch it maybe it should be sooner in the year but you know, I think like, a lot of it too is the dark, the dark room of that. Just yeah. looking at it, it doesn't have the, it doesn't it's, feel like tennis the way that you want when you are watching tennis. Feels like no, as much as we want, like the indoor stuff has a, a sterile side to it. it that's it's just kind of yeah. it feels so dead. Like I would never want to go to the Paris Masters. Like Holger playing versus Novak last year was a decent match, but it just felt like that whole tournament was right. the noise. The cue sticks in there are terrible. <laughs> the visuals are terrible. There's like a net that goes around the court that looks terrible. Maybe I'm being a downer, but it's like that event for being a Masters 1000. Like the fact that Cincinnati might lose this and there will be a Paris Masters still is just brutal. Two it, events worth three, essentially three thousand points in Paris. What the? And one is just it, abysmal. It's in your grandma's basement. Like yeah, it's like it's like one of those unfinished basements that they decided to host a tournament in. And it's like they're supposed to have fans get excited about that. It's like. Something just feels off with it. Well, it's just yep. that the entire month of October is indoor. You like Stockholm, which I agree Stockholm's with Stockholm's dope because it feels like you're kind of at church, but you're kind of not. There's yeah, like church pews everywhere. All the wooden church pews are kind of neat, but then it's like indoor in Antwerp, indoor in Vienna, indoor in Basel, and then indoor in your grandmother's basement in Paris. <laughs> that's a joke, but that's my <laughs> take. That's a pure tennis podcast. actually and, my grandma. And then you got <laughs> Turin, which is, is basically the same look. It is. In Turin, like, yeah. I... I I can't act like I'm excited. Like, I don't go to sleep and wake up like, oh, I can't wait to wake up and watch some turn. Like, I'm never going to get excited for that. I'm personally not a fan of the way that they do that, however you want to call it, but that system, like, of like a five-year slate where it's in one area. Like, I I was looking at it because Shanghai is about to start, and that that tournament was built originally. or No, the China Open was built originally Mm -hmm. to house um, ATP finals, and, like, that was a cool event. Why don't we Mm -hmm. have, like, at least the appearance was cooler, a lot cooler mm-hmm. than now. You you got to make tennis look like it's a fun, energetic, sunshine type sport, and just you don't it in, see the crowd. Yeah. If you can't see the crowd. How do you know what the energy is? Right. But in better news, Team World takes the Labor Cup in destructive what fashion. What a freaking yeah. win for Team World, man! It doesn't get any more epic than that. Roger Federer's retirement anniversary event huge all the it feels like 
an elitist event. I'm sorry. It just feels like we're just throwing money at this event. It was cool when you had Novak, Rafa, Feder, Kyrgios, those type of guys in it. It's like now we got like a Zoom call from Rafa telling Feder, who's your favorite partner? And it's just like, what are we doing? Like that's the biggest buzz we get around this tournament. We got Arthur Fees, Phils participating in it. No, half the audience doesn't even know who he is. And it just felt like the winners it, it, it each was, take home 250k. <laughs> that, that, there you go. I mean, and tennis players need it because you know they only yeah. get eighteen percent of what they really earn. <laughs> so that's they, they actually need that money. That's yeah. a good thing. Every every drop in the in the basket helps. You know, <laughs> it's like petitions. But <laughs> but why does like Labor Cup rubs me wrong with without when Federer retired? Maybe Labor Cup should have retired. Is that is am I being too harsh? I mean, there's definitely like a. What history. was cool about that? Yeah. I mean, this year, nothing really. There was nothing cool about. Like, I will remember nothing from that. Like, yeah. they had Ben Shelton do some phone calls and hangups, and they had Chris <laughs> Eubanks waving pom poms, and they had Gail Monfils come out there and half-ass it and try and to dance. put on a little bit of a show, and do some dances. They had Felix try to get amped up in front of his hometown crowd, being a Canadian guy trying to act like this event matters. And, and, and I'm happy. For, huh? And meanwhile, the Ryder Cup's going on in Novak's playing in the all-star exactly exactly <laughs> exactly and the Ryder cup is so cool it's like tennis needs to figure out watch the Ryder cup all the people that put these events on watch the Ryder cup look at like that's there's real passion there's like kind of a real rivalry there actual rivalry it's an actual rivalry and yeah. it feels like there's some juice behind the event it feels like these players are fighting for it and they like they want to come together as a country and and beat team europe it's like that's legit and i don't know what labor cup i'm sure federer's vision was for that to happen but tennis doesn't there's, it's an exhibition. It's a bon of, it's, it's an exhibition that feels like an exhibition. There's just the crowd. It just felt compared to last year, especially when it was so cool, just because we all knew it was Federer's last time on a court, and it was he was actually trying to win a tournament, like win the freaking match with Rafa. That was all cool, but this year it's just like, oof. I feel like it hurt Europe a lot, just because in the sense that they they didn't have a lot of their top players. I think it wouldn't have been thirteen to two. Um, which might have made it a little bit more competitive. And those are the guys that they're chasing, at least Team World's chasing. And then the fact that they just go out there and dominate those guys anyway, it was just like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, they should beat them. At least in my eyes, it felt like that. Oh, yeah. There team, was, team here was kind of washed. It's the weakest it's been. No like, Medi, so, no Zverev. Well, like, no there, there, there wasn't, captain. like, a competition aspect coming <laughs> no into Sinti it because Pons. of that. Soft captain. <laughs> like, th yeah. There's no takeaways from Labor Cup where I'm like, oh, this was cool. It's just like, that was... They they fumbled the bag. McEnroe gets to beat Bjorg one more time, right? And that's <laughs> and how many times can we watch Team McEnroe go over against Team Borg? It's like yeah. that was cool. It's like uh, I don't know. That, 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 I'd I, like I to see like best. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a, young, a younger name. Like I don't know, maybe Pete Sampras or Andre Agassi. That'd be cool. And then exactly. like Fed for it's Team time. Andy Roddick. It's time. Andy Roddick. Anybody so, yeah. that's a little bit younger and something fresh. Like maybe that refreshes it, and then give us like an all star game that can be like more of the exhibition, mm -hmm. whether all stars like older players or people like celebrities that watch tennis. That could be something. I don't know, just something to draw something away from the fact that it's an exhibition match, and then make tennis competitive at the top That's level. True. And what what event did Stan Wawrinka go on a Twitter spout about having the that the crowd was being paid to cheer for certain individuals? Did <laughs> you see that? I don't know. I can't, it was a tournament like a two weeks ago, and I don't know. Stan was ripping on it because they were they were. He's like, there's the audience is actually getting paid to come here and participate. When like what did he say? It's, was this ATP? Yeah, for sure. 
this was definitely ATP. I mean, I'm trying to think what it was, but it was like that's that's the like this is the part of the calendar that we're in right now, where it's just it's it's tough to find storylines. He says that as the claim that the ITF have paid actors in the Manchester Davis Cup crowd. Davis Cup. Davis Cup. That was Davis Cup. Yeah, and that's like Davis Cup has also been a disaster. It's like, yeah. how do you host these cool team events in places that have no like no stake in the fight? It's like this is Davis Cup is supposed to be awesome and like. It was not cool at all this year. Like so far, it's like I thought it was awesome that Novak went from the U.S. Open and then like three days later he's performing, putting on a show again in doubles and singles, balling out. And other than that, I didn't enjoy any of the Davis Cup at all. Like it was just. I think it makes it hard when you have a country like Finland who has a population of five million people making it to the the quarters. It's Listen like, to the Stan Wawrinka. Watch Stan Wawrinka was upset and quick to point out that the empty seats and lack of atmosphere at the tournament. Felt that he had the organization had artificially began boosting the noise inside of Manchester. That's brutal. Like that's that's, that's the that's, worst. That's the worst thing you could ever. And say. Stan is one of the most honest, one of the best champions in our sport, one of the nicest dudes that I've ever met in in tennis. That's him being candid. I'm sure it hurts him to be this candid with him having so much pride in playing for Team Switzerland, whether it's at the Olympics or in Davis Cup. He's just kind of fed up with it, and he's at a point of his career where he's able to be honest because he has nothing to lose and. I thought that was very telling for him to kind of come out there and just expose the Davis Cup committee and whoever else is putting on that shit show of a product right now. Because it was it was embarrassing for tennis, and that was just disgusting. And I was like, no one's caring about, no one cares about this. No one's like, you. We team events are great, and I'm all about team events. That's why I love college tennis, and that's why we spend so much of our time covering and traveling around the America to freaking cover what college tennis is about. And it's awesome how many pros come from that, and because it, the, the team environment it does breed success into these young players. And that part is like, we need to figure out how to like encapsulate the best parts of team events and put it in tennis. It's like United cup. You got, you had the ATP cup. It's like, how many cups can you have? Make one of these cups matter. They, yeah. There's the too many. You have to make and, it matter. I think the Davis cup does a slightly better job than the labor cup, but I agree that it was well, bad, cup bad is, this yeah. year. It was bad. And it's just like, damn, it's like, I should be able to get juiced up for after us open. It's like, some team events. Let me see some beef. Let me see some guys like get coached up on the sideline by other professionals and get them mic'd up and make it a fun event. And a person like myself and you and you, it's like we should be locked into that stuff. It's just like it's a new look on tennis and it's like a new look and feel and you get to hear players talk, live reactions, live strategy. That should be like – it should be a feast for for all Do tennis Do you think fans. it's like schedule positioning? Like it, it's, it's for, tough to go from the U.S. Open to that. You see the, the highest – quality of tennis and then next thing you know now you're watching i don't know world 390 play doubles against novak <laughs> you know what i mean Exa- like exactly. it should be a slaughter and exactly and it was so that was i know we're starting this podcast in a little bit of a downer but it's just like we need to figure out if you're gonna keep the players on the court for this length of time and not give them a true off at least like make some of these events feel like legit events and that's where i feel like tennis is just dropping the ball in to kind of top on what we've talked, it's like we all watch this video. Shout out to Vox. If you guys haven't, go to Vox and check out this tennis video they put out recently. Not only are some of these events falling flat, but it's like tennis has got to figure out a way to get these pairs played so we can have – you had guys like QB Hercotch and other players just kind of ripping on what tennis is doing. 18% of the revenue that these players generate gets put into their pockets. Every other league, whether it's basketball, soccer, football, hockey – 
they get about 50% of what they pull into the pull into the sport back in their pockets. Tennis is taking they're they're getting robbed of their money. Like I don't know how, why tennis is doing this and it's tennis has some fixing to do. And I th- I hope that this with Novak being ahead of the PTPA and being as vocal as he is about how there's only 500 players in the world that can say that they're professionals that make a living off tennis and that's including women, men, singles and doubles. That's not big enough for one of the most popular global sports in the world to only be able to support 500 and we all know that if you're outside the top 80 to 100 if you're outside that that benchmark i mean you can't afford to pay for a full-time coach and fish you're still or fish. probably playing in debt really i mean outside of 100 i think most of those people are playing in debt every, right. every year taylor they're, townsend they're just net. said that she couldn't even pay her coach when she was in that and that's she had to be honest like she's like i can't pay you until i'm going to run at one of these t- these big tournaments and I need a Masters 1000 or a Slam because that's where the biggest paydays come from. And you think about the big payday, it's like the Honey Deuce at the US Open drew about $10 million in 2023 is what I've what I've heard. It was $8.9 million last year. I think it was closer to about $10 million this year. Both prize prizes from the men and women's champion combined receives like $6 million. So it's like, yeah, the problem is, is the going? problem isn't that the money isn't there. The problem is that there's no one adamantly look, looking at the aggregate group of players and arguing for them as a whole to take portions of that pile of money. So I think that the the you, we can all see the money. It's all whether or not they start collectively kind of forcing, whether it be ATP or someone to kind of like pry it out of it's hard to get money out of people's hands it is and that's the problem with tennis is you've got so many governing bodies in tennis all dipping their beak all all want a piece of the pie and that's that's the biggest problem with tennis is we have seven different organizations that want to slice whether it's all four slams itf atp wta and it's like you go to the ufc it's just ufc you go to the nfl it's the nfl makes the decisions same with nba same with mlb same with premier league it's like that's why they get the biggest piece of the pie back to the players because there's one governing body, there's one body of decision makers, and it's just like tennis is like, it's a cut here, it's a cut there, it's just like, geez. And it's just like, that's what, it even filters into the suspensions of players like we've seen with Simona Halep in what, her first time being caught as a, in, in a doping um, incident, which seems to be coming partly due to the Muradoglu Academy not doing their homework on what's legal and what's not. And that's why Murata has been so active in this case. But it's like, if you get caught for the first time doping in UFC, you get two years. NFL, you get four games. MLB, 80 games. NBA, 25 games. NHL, 20 games. Simona Halep, four years. Yeah. Your career's over. You're especially, done. Especially, and that, that's the thing. We, we just want the best tennis. It's just, if you would get these guys, like I think that there's a psychological component of playing your better tennis when you're not worried about whether or not you're going to eat. Exactly. And not have to fly and have enough money to pay people that are trying to eat. You know, like if you freed up a group, let's say it's, maybe it doesn't have to be the top 300, but if you freed up so that the maybe everyone in the top 150 is not going broke. It's 150, at least. At, you're going to get much better tennis all the way down the line because those people are playing tennis free to like work their game and they're not just you know just scrambling to get get to the next tournament try to stay alive i feel like tennis has a has a much more of a dire like their season is you can that's why you see so many people just fizzle out and leave like they don't they don't last because you can't it's the mental 
part of it as well as being able to put bread on the table. And it's like Carlos yeah. Alcaraz, yeah. a generational talent, a once-in-a-lifetime tennis player, dominated, made $10 million. And if you look at that and compare to an NFL and an NBA oh, yeah. or, or a soccer player, you're, you're like 150th highest paid player in any of those associations or yeah. leagues. And, he's and that's a joke. It's like this Masters guy's the most that, market, yeah. he's more marketable than like all these players that are making as much money as him across other sports. It's like, now, but he has to go get his money off the court because tennis won't put it back in his pocket after what he, he put on a show for the whole world across every continent almost. Absolutely. For a freaking calendar year. Pay the man. He's carrying yeah. the freaking boat right now for tennis. Yeah. He, he took him three, three million for winning. Is it three million? Yeah, three million for, 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 for Wimbledon. Yeah. And he gets what? 1.5 out of that. After what taxes? After something? taxes, yeah, exactly. probably. That's a joke. I mean, the slams are That's paying the most. Like U.S. Open's total purse is thirty million dollars. But like you're looking down, like he comes to Cincinnati. Well, how many tickets do we sell? Two hundred thousand plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And More like that, the total purse in Cincinnati Masters one thousand is a little bit over seven million dollars. Like you can just do the math. There's a lot more money there that could go into the players' hands. But not to, I mean, I just, I just want better tennis for the, the and we, like the whole way down. Exa- and you, you get, yeah, the tour is deep right now. Imagine if we actually were able to pay the guys that were inside the top two hundred. That's you got. They got to fight for a salary. That's what I know. They're getting closer to that. Uh, I know Novak's. I got to c- commend him for what he's doing. Speaking up on these players, he has no, no obligation to do that. And he's going out there putting his head on a platter. Roger and Rafa didn't do that. No, they, they didn't. They didn't go out no. there and look for look out for these guys. And p- people say whatever they want about Novak. That's he fine. He stands up for his... He stands up for yeah. these players that are have never had a voice their entire career. It's like, how can you not... App- Novak is trying to make our game better and put us in a better position for the future, and he doesn't need to do that. He's the greatest player of all time. He's got 100 plus, 150, $200 million in his bank account right now. He's, he's, he's fine, and he's still going out there and exposing tennis, a sport that's given him so much, and it's like, you got to freaking appreciate that. I don't care what your beliefs are with him being... The, no vax, anti-vaxer. The kid, the kid, the guy's the healthiest man in the world, probably one of the top athletes in the world. Like you got to give him his kudos, and I don't know if we do that enough. No, they don't. Do you I think, think that's? Sorry, go ahead. Joe. No, I, I was just gonna kind of pile on on that is that here there's polarization that occurs, and and then some of it is even know, without the vaccination, the dude is playing at a high level. So well, and that, but I think that I part of me is. The, the, a lot of Novak's goods are are immediately ignored because he does stand up for his ideals and because he hung the phone up on freaking he hung the phone up on Ben Shelton and we all should hate him for that. Nah. What a freaking bully! <laughs> yeah. You you freaking jerk! Yeah, right. Why it, would you mock a celebration in sports? This isn't supposed to be entertainment. Do you think it took like somebody coming from like a worn torn country to to get to to be able to speak out comfortably about that kind of stuff because they went through. Like his childhood was. That he's fearless. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because like, I mean, I mean, Switzerland is known as like the most peaceful country. Like, what did he? Roger, no offense. Yeah. No, it's no offense to them. Like, that's just where they were born and they grew up. But like, I think that's a notable thing to think about. Like, U.S. players, like, that's kind of ingrained in them they because of their good. culture, and we I have agree. it good. Yeah. And like Spain, and like it just hasn't been a problem for forty plus years for a lot of these people. I, it sucks that it had to come down to somebody that happened to go through that, but. I'm glad it's him because it's, it's it needed all, to be that kind of person. It feels like it's always Novak taking the brunt, like the brunt end of all these hot takes and stuff. But it's like you got to at least congratulate him for what he does for the sport on like a day to day basis. And it's like 
I don't know. It's just like we we hate on this man all the time. But it's like this we dude don't. is. You can no, he, he he could go cash his check and go live in Switzerland. He go anywhere he wants and just kind of get fat. But he's sticking <laughs> his neck out there for a bunch of people that. that he he probably won't even, doesn't even know their names. Or he's not up, watching them play tennis. Or get mad when he hangs the phone up on him. Like he's sticking out his neck for uh, for Ben. Have we podcasted since? Did we, we touch we, on that last time? I don't time? think we talked about it. I don't think we, it. Yeah. I don't think we talk, talked no. about this. That, I'm happy to see some other people on Twitter outside of the sport <laughs> as well as Curious and others like just drill that take that started with Ben's dad, which was just like, I'm surprised he didn't rescind that take to kind of take some pressure off his son who's taken some backlash <laughs> because of that. But that was literally the weakest take in tennis history probably. Like, are you kidding me? You're saying Novak wants to be liked by everybody or whatever he said, and he's hanging out. I'm like, Novak doesn't give a rat's ass about what people think about him if you haven't watched his career at all. It's like he definitely is going to hang the phone up on you if you tell him, like, oh, Novak can't handle this, or he's not ready for this serve. Or, oh, well, you, yeah. just, you, you flex on people after hitting aces and stuff. It's like, no, nah, Novak's going to put your ass in, in your place. He's yeah. going to hang your phone up on you. And he's gonna and he's gonna laugh at you for getting shut your mouth and know your role. <laughs> I think it's you're even weirder top though. Top twenty, good job, but you're not Novak yet. He's allowed to hang the phone up on you. I was gonna say I think it's even weirder though because like when Ben like post interview he was like, yeah, like I mean it's like the most flattery. Like he's allowed to do whatever he wants. And then Brian comes out and says that, and it's like, why did you just make your son look worse? You know what I mean? Like it's a huge like sign of respect that Rafa even considered you as you deserved of a, of him to mock you. Like you deserve, yeah. like he actually thought about your goofy celebration to, to mock it. And it's like, that's what sports is, is we, we tune in to see the best tennis players put on a show and entertain. It's like, that's what we're, that's why I'm that's putting sport. all my, yeah, it's sports. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's why I watch NFL. Yeah. And it's and a fight sport. And whether you like it or not, it's, 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 it's a title a fight, fight sport. every time. Yeah, it's not, it's not just, they're not out there to be friends with each other. We want that. And Why do we exactly. want to see friends play friends? I don't want to God, see that crap. Man, yeah. So boring. I want to see him get pissed at each exactly. other. And I like that Ben Shelton, like you said, is flexing and getting into exactly. I do that, too. I love it. That That's part of my thing. I don't like when someone can dish it but can't take it. And I'm just saying his dad. Was, and maybe Ben can take it. Maybe his it was dad's his dad. But but his dad's butt hurt. But he's but by him doing that, it's making his son unlikable, mm-hmm. which like, I don't want that to happen. Cause exactly. We, need we, we want Americans to be likable, especially someone as marketable as Ben exactly, Shelton. Yeah. Exactly. A guy that came, he's a great story, comes out of a national champion at the college level, booms onto the scene real quick, takes out Kasparud in Cincinnati, takes out Senegal and goes and Goes to the quarterfinals in Australia and then exactly. gets to the quarter. Yeah. Was he semis? Quarters, quarters in Australia, semis in U.S. Yeah. Open. Goes top 20 within one year of turning pro whatever. It's like a little over a year. It's We, we love the, It's a hell we of a story. We love that. We don't but, like yeah. when Make people what, can give it and can't take it, though. So just don't do before that. Before the show, we're trying to come up with rivalries that we want to see in 2024. Fight. And it's like there's not that many rivalries because there's not that many personalities that are out there clashing because tennis is what it is and – kind of like golf in that way where it's guys that have to keep their composure out there and don't want to put on, and it's like that's why when there's guys like Kyrgios and Shelton and Novak and Bublik and all these other guys that are more showman even Falkina to an extent it's like I, I love that and I love the edginess and the chippiness and it's like that's I would love to have more of that in tennis and it's like don't try to put a dampener on it like and say that Novak's not it's like come on like Lamar, Jamar Chase has been doing the gritty with Jefferson forever and it's like so every player out there that's doing the Gritty is is mo- it's like what mocking the, Jamar what, Chase. What a mockery! No, no. Every kid out there is mocking him. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that guy. But you're right. There's not there. There's not many like because they are so composed. You're not getting that main card 
atmosphere unless you're going to see Zverev and Medi. Even though we watched them in Cincinnati, they're pretty they're pretty tame. And even yeah. like like Carlos and Novak is like they're gonna say it's a rivalry, but it's like there's really no bad blood there, so it's not yeah. like a yeah. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of respect there, which is cool, but. I would rather see the rivalry. That's what, I'm. I'm more of a fan of that. And tennis has a much more real thing when there is a rivalry because it, it it is a fight sport. And then when there is like actual bad blood, like like when you're watching in the eighties, Holgerun and Stan. Exactly, <laughs> Holger and Stan, great example. Yeah. But like when yeah. you're watching in the eighties and stuff when we were not alive, but it's like oh god, I'm sure those were the best matches because those guys hated and each other. Lendl yeah. were just it or, was it was nat it was absolute Connors, war. Connors and, and those guys going after Connors McEnroe they it's, hated each other. And that's what we that's when sports are at its peak and it's most fun to watch in my opinion i don't know i guess yeah. people in tennis disagree with that because i was surprised how many tennis fans were like yeah like but i guess people just hate on Novak. anyway that's my <laughs> that's, my, that's that, what it is that's part one of the pure tennis podcast i don't know I, I know we started off on more of a negative note here but i thought there were some things that we need to air out and it's a realism of our sport right now it is and i felt like i feel like we felt strong about well, and it. And this is the time to talk about it because there's nothing else to talk. We've got a bunch of 500 little indoor tournaments, so let's talk about some fights. And the women's what are your top? Heart. What are your top fights for next year? The Pure Tennis Podcast top title fights of top 2024. Fights. We've got five of them for you guys. Starting off at the top, I've it's an interesting one. I don't know if people are ready for this one, but I've got Tommy versus Demonar. Great title fight in the first fight. It's a matchup we've seen before. It's a match that does not disappoint. Two guys that go all out for pretty much every match, especially I mean, watching those two on a hard court. The contrast of styles. Chase thinks that they're similar, so we're gonna let him defend that that, that standpoint. But I think <laughs> I don't. Mean, I, I got it. Hey, we're, we're, this is a rivalry on the Pure Tennis Podcast. Yeah. I'm not mocking you. I promise. It's it's not that. So when I said similar, I think it's because what I think of Demonar is I think really highly of him, but I just wish that he would play. <laughs> at the same type of level that Tommy is able to play at. Because I think that's what he wants to achieve, but because he doesn't have the power off those wings, he's forced into the style of play that he has. So if he had that power, I don't know how he could get it. Maybe it's just not obtainable at this point. But Eat some more green beans. I guess I, so. Well, see, but. I, I think that he's just he's an expert at defense. Though. I yep. mean, he's ranked higher than Tommy Paul. I think that like when he comes down to it, when I think of that as a title fight, you're getting you're getting the peak level offensive player playing against a peak level defensive player and then just see who like what style is going to win like to me that's exciting you're going to see someone bombing and someone that can catch bombs both top six players on a hard court in 2023 which was very interesting to me i mean with all these big names out there in the top 15 or 20 those two guys undersized guys but both explosive with their athleticism and i think that's where you kind of see the similarities yeah Yeah. and that's true i mean phenomenal movers I think Demonar moves to play defense and to counterpunch. I think Tommy moves to play to counterpunch and to play offense. I, I think agree. the counterpunch is where I was getting a lot of like the similarities in style more so when I was thinking about it initially. I mean, that, that's a great a great fight though, and it's like like when when you, anytime you get that, you get like Muhammad Ali or you go Joe Frazier. And I like, love the contrast. There's a contrast between the styles that makes the fight interesting because you can kind of see one or the other, and you can see both of them. And like highlight the other one and what they're good at and what they're not good at. So to me, that's a great title fight for 2024. Will it happen? Probably not. No, we're gonna get this we'll one. We'll see and it. We'll see it. What's wild is you got Tom, like Tommy's at the point now at five foot ten, five foot eleven, cracking one thirty five. He's got one thirty five plus in the tank when he needs it. That's outrageous. And then Demonar, the fastest player on the tour right now. I mean, I think he's faster than Novak and Carlos. Is just 
side to side. Yeah. He's underrated like he the, at the net, too. He's probably he, yeah. top five net player right. on the tour right now. No, I mean it. Go watch him play doubles. I yeah. mean, the guy has okay. just ridiculous volleys. I like that. That's a good take. I don't think people are ready for that take right there. That's that's a good call. I just don't think of him as a volley, but when you when I watch him play, he does move forward he, more than go, you think. Go watch his highlights. He, he comes He's into one of the, the net, best net players. And he comes into the net like as a, does, a yeah. as a strategy, too. Like the, It just yeah. comes out. It's like, oh, this is the part of the game where Alex is probably – figuring out he's coming into the net because it's not all the time it just shows mm-hmm. up it's like and it's like it's coming into the defensive style it's like he's bringing it in to just kind of yep. like call, could give himself a breather because he's tired of running so hard still so just come into the net for like two games and he's got that gas. young he's got the and young, it works at a really high percentage when he does do it when he does you're right he's got yep. that young rafa ability that like you think the point's dead and he just takes off for that one more ball and he makes you just think about that last shot one, one more time and it's just like and he's, the way he can slide on a hard court is ridiculous. I mean, when he gets going, the dude is scooting. So, and that's shout out first. to my dad because my dad loves him. So, shout to pops, Papa Pat, Papa Pat. Let's go, <laughs> Richard. That's our first title fight of 2024 that we would like to see on the Pure Tennis Podcast. Number two, it's an obvious one. It's one that we've seen a lot in the last few months, and I need to see it again. Carlitos and the Joker. Yeah, one that is, I did, I. Novak at 36 years old, I did not think he would be able to hold on long enough to make this like a rivalry that we could see for a few years, but his body seems like it's fit and it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere soon. The dude took a hack in the thick brush and on the golf course. I thought he was going to throw out his, break his wrist, but he <laughs> seems to be fine. Did you, did you see that? The swing was yeah. interesting. He was not... buried in there. I'm like, you're yeah. going to snap your wrist playing this freaking goofy Ryder Cup celebrity game. Take it easy over there, Ralph. Or Novak. <laughs> Novak. I think that 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 match will never get old because the, like the tennis, the tennis, on that those two together is just you're gonna get the best tennis that, of anyone that could happen on on it's pure tennis. It is pure it tennis. Is pure, it's tennis. pure tennis. Also a big contrast in styles, in my opinion. I mean, you've got yeah, Novak who just pinpoint accuracy doesn't need to beat you with power, just beats you with putting the ball in in his place yeah. in percentage just tennis, cl- just suffocates you with yeah. just his. Precision, not giving you anything. Exactly. Then you got Carlitos, who just has shot making from anywhere, who just goes for it relentlessly. Who's got wheels for days? Who's got finesse? Who bring? Who can bring Novak in when he wants to and make Novak come up with the down the line approach shot and then hit a good. It's like, and Novak showed that he's like the the back half of the year. I think he realized that that was what Carlos was going to do. Is the drop shot was obviously a big part of his game. Novak's like, you know what? Let's get back to the basics of shoring up the, the volley game, and he just dominated in the front court the last few months of the season. Like, he made that a yep. strong, like, big push of his kind of whole entire game. I mean, like, coming you forward. at the U.S. Open, so, wasn't he, like, 80% up there? Yeah. yeah. It was ridiculous. And he was so good. Sticking. And that was coming after uh, Wimbledon where he had lost to Carlos. And yep. I, 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 that's the one I'm most excited about is back on grass, seeing those two again. Because I, I just yeah. didn't expect Carlos to come out there and play like that. I want to see him at the Australian Open. I want to see him at the French Open. We didn't get it. We didn't get it this year. I think Carlos Australia. coming to the net just blows my mind. Because Carlos be, was out. Yeah. I want to see him come up to the net more because he's just he's so good everywhere else. But then you see him come in the net, he's amazing at the net. Like, it's just... That like that 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 is that's main card. There's nothing better than those two when they get together. So what's next? Title fight number three for 2024. Sasha Zverev versus Daniil Medvedev. Oh yeah, one that we've seen 16 times. Nine to seven, Medi leads right now. We saw it in Cincinnati. Sasha got his legs back underneath him now. Just coming off a title, he's 
the confidence is coming back in a hurry. I mean, yep. is that the is that the best? Like you were saying, they, it, like like what well, like is that the best rivalry right now? In it, the, in the like, if you talk top tier tennis players, that's probably the best one. I think that's the where there's some bad blood in there, and those guys are you're never gonna catch them at the bar together having a drink. It seems like there's some real beef there. They don't like. I think watching them on Labor Cup last year was interesting. That there's you can just tell it. Those guys don't really want to be around each other, yeah. including Setsipas in that mix. I thought that for me, this is a matchup that I just love watching. It's a, another contrast of styles. Medi just sitting 30 yards behind the baseline, <laughs> absorbing pace, and Sasha just kind of massaging the ball around the court, waiting for his opportunity, and then making Medi come up with the goods. And Medi's done it nine times. Sasha's done it seven times. Equal. I think it's a pretty equal match, especially when it comes to a hard court. On a clay court, I would give the edge to Sasha on a grass court. I'd like to see that at Wimbledon. That would be a fun one. Give me like that yep. in like the quarters. Love to see a Sasha and Medi matchup. I think by that point, I think it'll be semis for them. Wow. So you think Sasha's coming back to the top five? I think so, yeah. Any thoughts on that? A little sneak peek for that. I mean, I I, I, I agree with Chase. That would just, that Sasha's would, top five. Top five. His talent's top five so player, ridiculous for, sure. for his size, movability, everything about it. I mean, and it's. I, I think that'll be a semi matchup at Wimbledon once we get it. Love that. Title fight number four. One that was touched on by JP. Rune versus Stan Wawrinka. Only because they've split one and one, and like we get the the actual fighting. Young I almost, versus the th- This will be the last year. <laughs> this It'll is, be the, the last year for this rivalry is Stan's holding on for dear life, but still putting on a show. Yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, he is, yeah. The dude's no, I just, emptying the gas tank, and I love to see it. Like, he, he's fit. He looks like he's getting, he's kind of, his, his body's been a big focus the last year. Just with him kind of battling some things, and he's trimmed up. He's be- trimmed up for sure. The yeah. beauty of this rivalry is that this is something that you can see early, and like that favors the actual rivalries. Like you're gonna get a Stan Wawrinka Holger Rune matchup in round one. It's a father son it- battle too. It's like <laughs> it's literally like watching like me when I was playing my dad when I was like in high school, like trying to knock him off his block for the first time, and I'm like coming after him, talking some shit, and Stan's like. Shut your mouth. <laughs> it stands, stands just like holding, like my dad would do it to me, like when we would get in wrestling matches, just hold me down, let me just bark at him. And I didn't have the power to get up off of him. And it's just like, that's what I feel like I'm watching is little Holger, his mom's taking him to his match, dropping him off, and dad ain't letting him have it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Mom's still watching. My mom's dad, still watching. My dad beats him up. <laughs> and mom's like, let him win one. Let him win one. I'm going to get smack this cigarette up here. <laughs> oh man last fight we've got highlighted for 2024 is one that we have not seen yet one that we've got to see nick Kyrgios, ben shelton two fiery personalities two guys that like to put on a show for a crowd two guys two of the best servers in the world arguably the two best servers in the world two massive forehands and guys that are not afraid to speak their opinion and i think that just all those things that you kind of put into one match, we got to have it. I think it would be electric. I would love to see who the crowd would pull for. I, obviously, in Australia, we know where, where that would go. But anywhere else outside the U.S. and Australia, like who does the crowd go for in that one? It's like both of them are – I feel like Bennett, he's not polarizing yet, but like he's got the chance to be more of a polarizing figure as he's flexing on dudes, dropping aces, and staring people down. Does he and, flex on – do you think he flexes on Kyrgios? I mean, yeah, he hits like – He would definitely do it. He would definitely do it, yeah. You think so? Yeah, yeah. And, I don't think he's scared to hold. Like he's not going to hold back against anybody. I don't think. Nah, he's not scared of Kyrgios. I mean, he the, did it against yeah. Novak. Yeah. Why would he not do it against Kyrgios? Because Kyrgios throws racket in his but, face. 
you know Kyrus is gonna drop like Kyrus <laughs> is gonna drop shot him and then he's coming high heat is coming to the chest. It's yeah. like That's we, we, mean, we yeah. want it. That's what he did to Rafa. It's like he didn't give a shit that he was playing Rafa. He went right after Rafa's chest at Wimbledon and like blew him up. And it was like sent a message I think to everybody else. It's like I'm yeah I'm coming. Like I might not be every week on, on tour, but when I'm here I'm I'm gonna I'm ready. Yep. I'm so that go. was that was my last one. I think that. Um, JP was like, Kyrus is out of commission, but he's coming back. And I, and only, I the only reason back. I wasn't saying, I just don't, I like that Curious. I would like him to be, if he's going to take a title card, like you don't want your favorite player to go play somebody in a title fight when they haven't like played you know, 100 matches. Exactly. No, I agree. And we need Nick playing. to get some matches under his belt to kind of get get some form back, find his level. But Probably doesn't come back till Brisbane, right? Is that what you it, think? Yeah, I want Curious. I would Wimbledon guess he's Curious. not going to do anything until it comes yeah. back no, he, to Australia. No, he's finalist, done for this year, yeah. Slam finalist Curious versus Ben Shelton. I would like that. That's all I'm saying. Slam finalist yeah. against Curious. I want. I want Curious. Yeah, I want the Curious that that, that plays in Slam finals. So what yeah. you're saying? I mean, I don't want the Curious that's been taking a year off to go fight a title card. Technically, so you? How about Casper Ruud then? Oh He's my. a three-time slam finalist. No, no, you know I'm talking. I mean, Casper is so cast. Casper is cooked. <laughs> we'll we'll let you guys decide this. So I want you to to comment or Throw something. It in the comments. Tell me if you think Casper's cooked. Me, me and Joe are on the same side here. We we think he's got. <laughs> We've, you call? He's are, you, are you saying 10. he's a pusher? He's a peaker. No, I'm not bro. saying he's. A, he's definitely not a pusher. He's, he's not two in the world. Two. No, but he's. But he's a top. He is top ten. He's not cooked. Playability. He's, he's not. Cooked. Casper. He's he dangerous. better. He better have a hell of a clay court season, or else he's out of the top ten, and he might. Ne- he may never come back. He only played 24 we'll tournaments this year. That's down from his 520 tournaments that he played the year before. And he's <laughs> so. in the bo- and the body's feeling it. I mean, he just. I think these players get used to his spin ball. It's just a high bouncing yeah. heavy ball. Guys start to hit down on that ball. But you didn't see – I mean, that was the one match I, like, was tuned into was Tommy and him at the Labor Cup. And, I mean, he was crushing the ball <laughs> on his forehand. Oh, come on. He was. He wasn't hitting his little loopy ball that he does. And, I mean, Dude, he beat Tommy. Um, who's, you mean he played well in that black court that sounds like a hollowed ground? I, yeah. What the hell is that? That sounds like you're playing on three inches of cement, and it's like I don't know what's underneath there, like a parking garage? Probably. <laughs> anyway. I have a great – I have a great – Trivial question for the for anyone that's like talking just because we're talking about Caster Rude, and I'm gonna ask both of you guys. I didn't I didn't I didn't let any, I didn't let them know that I was gonna ask this. Dude's cooked. Who do you think played the most tournaments in 2023? Ooh, I like that. I got no clue, but I got a guess. Let's see. <laughs> I gotta put out. You, a guess you wanna go? I, I got one. But most I'll... tournaments in 2023. And then, and then more importantly, what biggest name played more than 30 tournaments? <laughs> What biggest name played more than 30? Okay. Um, most tournaments in 2023, I'm going to say that was – that's tough. I'm curious if you got the same person Damn. in mind. I don't want to be wrong, but I'm going to be wrong. Um, go ahead. Go first. I'm going to say Taylor Fritz. No, no. I'm, I'm going to say – But that's that's interesting because there's the biggest name. I'm going to say my guess is going to be – give me – Mackenzie McDonald made thirty. No he's the way. biggest. He's the biggest U.S. U.S. person. The okay. the number of tournaments. And, even, and Nate, the, I'm just going to give you a hint because I don't think you guys are close. Thirty-five is the is the, is the top dog. Because I always give rude crap because what's this just, guy ranked? Is he top thirty? He's fifty. Oh, sh- I'm not. Gonna, I won't cheat. Um, fiftieth player in the world was at a. 
35 tournaments, though. I was going to say, like, Cernadillo or something. I don't know. Who is it? It's Bucic. Alexander wow. Bucic. The Australian. That, I wouldn't have thought he played that much. I know, that but much. 35. Tournaments. Like that, it's Richard only... Gasquet played 33. Wow. That's crazy. At his Adrian Manorino at 30 with Mackenzie McDonald. He was, he was another one I was thinking of. I mean, like looking at these, though. Max Purcell, Alexander Bublik. I mean, they're on the 20s. That's crazy. Ben Shelton at 28. Yeah, he played a lot. Chris, you there was a lot of exits did, early exits. Did Shelton <laughs> play some challengers in the beginning of this year, or was, it, was he already done with challengers? Uh, I think he was probably done. I think he was probably maybe done, played but he played 28 more. tournaments. That's crazy. Early exits, too. So the, when you, like, the early exits may allow you to go to the next tournament, like yeah. where other guys kind of can't. Yep. So That's true. That's very true. Sarandolo, though, you just said that, 27. All right, so I wasn't, I don't feel terrible about that guy. Where guess. was Fritz at? He's not in that in the range? Taylor Fritz played 26, which is still... I mean, I mean, for being top, that's top every 10, other week. that's a lot. Every yeah. other week you're playing a tournament. That's yeah. pretty hefty. Casper Rudo, 24, way down the list. J.J. Wolf played 25. Tommy Paul played 25. Interesting. We always yeah. give Casper Rude crap about that. I got <laughs> Well, he did say he was going <laughs> to dial it back a little bit this year. Right. I will say, I don't have a ton of other takes for the Pure Tennis Podcast fans out there, but I will say, if you guys are out there and you're interested in gear, our boy CP has been putting out heat Day in and day out out here on the Pure Tennis blog. You got to check it out. His last two, as I believe at least, best hardcore shoes for sliding in the top five spin rackets. Two of my favorite pieces that CP's put out there. You got their must-reads. We put them on Instagram. Be sure to check out the Pure Tennis blog. Chase does a phenomenal job as a high school coach, someone that's a big consumer in the market as well. This is a uh, awesome piece, and I think we'll be doing some video reviews of these as well later on this season, but... Uh, definitely go check those out. Great pieces, a lot of good information. If you guys are spin frame players, if you guys are hardcore players that are looking to slide, um, he did extensive research, asked a lot of players as well, so I thought that was super cool. Chase, anything that you're going to highlight coming down the pipeline in the near future? Um, right now I'm working on some value shoes, um, depending on what kind of style you play. I mean, that might be in, in the foreseeable future for you. Um, and then... I will say, touching on the spin rackets, check out Dunlop rackets, man. That's a shout-out. I, I, I was pretty impressed with Dunlop. The SX is one of my favorite sticks. It's It feels like, for, as a, being a pure guy my whole life, it did feel like it was a bit of a knockoff until I tried it. It feels different. It feels a little different. It's a little more solid at connection point. Yes. Um, I would say feel-wise. Where, where not, do you feel that connection? Is that in more in the butt cap or down in like throughout the, the whole racket? Or where? It's almost like right at the bottom of the th- or the top of the throat. Okay. I feel like it's very okay. solid right right at the bottom. Like I feel connected right through, finishing through contact. Um, but I, I would say touch-wise, it's not on the same level as the the pure arrow. But everything else, man, I mean, that thing can generate spin like no other. And I, yeah, and it does – on my back end, I think the frame itself, like on this, like I, uh, 10 and 2, I feel a little bit more like the pure arrow. I had to add some lead tape at the top of the frame. Just for my backhand and my serve to kind of get on the on the outside of the ball a little bit more, and on the serve to kind of get down the ball a little bit more, I feel like the SX does a great job of that without lead tape, um, in my opinion. But those are two awesome pieces. Definitely check them out, guys. Gotta shout out tennis-point.com. A lot of awesome stuff out there. Just dropped as far as just different colorways on shoes. The Nike Fall Collection or Holiday Collections out there, uh, as well as a lot of the Fall favorites dropped. We'll say the Wilson Blade that's blacked out hit with that the other day so much cooler than the Wilson the green blade I'll have to say just feels like I'm using Batman's racket Wilson blacked outs are always good unreal I love them so 
That's all I've got today for your Pure Test Podcast fans. CP, JP, anything else for the fans? I think we'll see you here in Ch- at Shanghai. Love to hear it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be out there soon.